Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined again by my troubled, soon to be rich, but seeing things that no one else is, uh, co-host and lady who sees invisible things. Elizabeth Mo- Alex Dandino. That's me. I probably could have come up with a more concise description of what Elizabeth Moss is bringing to Invisible Man, but hey, it's the world we live in. I've only been eating rations and being quarantined in my house. (laughs) All right, guys. Today we have a special show for you. Um, Today's the day. Universal has decided to drop the movies that they were showing in theaters up until this week uh, on video on demand. Uh, people not being able to go to the movie theaters, a lot of theaters shutting down, people social distancing, obviously for good reason. Universal had this idea, and I think it's actually a really fascinating idea, and I've been calling for this for a long time. Because as a person who has young kids, my wife and I's favorite thing to do used to be go to the movie theater, and we lost that. Like For the last five years, we do not do that. Right. We have to go in shifts unless it's a kid movie. And I've always said, if you set up to where I could rent the movie the same time it comes out to the world so I can partake in the, you know, cultural cachet of seeing what's out, I would pay more money to watch a movie at home. Now this has happened, right? Universal's taking the step. And uh, you've read a lot of think pieces, right? This is what's going to kill the movie industry, the theater industry, this and that. Alex and I will be talking about that on our YouTube. Uh, that's Nerd Alchemist, plural with an S at the end. You can find our channel there uh separately about what are the ramifications of this i actually think this is really cool though yeah and more people are going to get to see these movies that would have been lost um to this giant scary event man that we're all kind of waiting to see what's happening right we all kind of feel helpless and lost but now we get uh to see some movies man to help us get by so invisible man is a movie i've wanted to cover since i saw it it came out in theaters alex saw it too we just hadn't had the time uh now we've got a lot of time. Oodles. So, yeah, with that and with it dropping on video on demand, hopefully there is an increased thirst to talk about this fucking wonderful film, by the way. Uh, I think it's personally been a pretty rough run at the theater for some horror movies this uh, this early part of the year, as it often is. Some of them have been, you know, pretty good. Yeah. But some real bad ones, right? Like, we had the grudge. We had the grudge in there. That was rough. But to go from The Grudge to Fantasy Island to these other just god-awful horror movies, and I love horror, but those were rough, to seeing The Invisible Man literally blew my hair back, where I'm just, ah, ah, you know, in the theater, full of panic. <laughs> uh, the sense of dread this movie inspires, fascinating. Again, like Zodiac, which we covered yesterday, mm-hmm. another movie that plays a little differently and even scarier yeah. uh, based on what we're dealing with today. So. That aside, I still think we can have a really fun talk about The Invisible Man. Totally. Uh, if you like the show, which we hope you do, please leave us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcast app. That helps us out enormously. You can find us on all the social media apps you have, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that. We want to hear from you guys. What movies, especially right now when we're all locked in, do you want to hear us talk about? We've got more time for more shows, and we want to do the movies you want to hear about. Uh, so feel free to reach out, guys, and hit us up, man. Uh, themes, double features, anything. Like, we're here for you guys. That's what we're doing. Um, and again, YouTube, that's a nerd alchemist, plural with an S at the end. All right, Alex. Yes. The Invisible Man. The Invisible Man. Uh, part of the classic Universal Monstra, uh, Monster lineup. Monster lineup, yes. Monstra monster lineup. Uh, there have been a, plenty of Invisible People movies, right? We've seen a lot. We've actually covered Hollow Man on this We show. did. Probably my favorite ever Invisible Person movie. Mine too. I, I think Invisible Man gives that a really good run for its money. And I love the original Universal run. Yeah. All the sequels were really good too. So, just to start it off, you're leaving the theater. What were you initially thinking about the Invisible Man? First reaction. First reaction for the Invisible Man is that it is an excellent update of the original themes of the invisible man like i think the most impressive portion of the movie itself is that it takes what was the original intent i think from the um <clears throat> the, the claude rains version 
and mm-hmm. kind of re renegotiates the themes so that really what we're doing is we're not we're not like to me we're never sympathizing with this guy we're always sympathizing we're always with elizabeth moss's character and it's a perfect update of the movie and the story itself for our times so yeah yeah well what becomes so fascinating in this movie right is i think you're right too this is probably the only invisible man movie where we don't spend hardly any time sympathizing with the mad genius who just went too far he is just portrayed as a purely monstrous form in this Mm -hmm. movie and what i what i really like i think what you said best is this is a perfect update for today's world because what this movie does brilliantly is there's even that gap between elizabeth moss escaping and you know her finally like re-getting attacked by this guy What really is the invisible man is is this abusive partner. Yeah. That even if you took out the suit and whatever, she's a haunted, terrified woman. Sure. Um, there's this lovely but tragic moment at the start of the film where, you know, her friend who she's staying with, this, you know, police officer, he's like, just go to the mailbox and get the mail. Right. And you see the fucking fear, right? Even a jogger can bring her whole world down. So what this movie does is says even before we hit the kind of like horror movie fun and guts of this movie, there's already an invisible man haunting this woman. And he has been for a long time. Even that whole opening act, I got to say, this is probably, I mean, I can't think of a much better opening to a film in the last couple of years. I'm not sure I've seen better camera work in a lot of these kinds of movies. Like it's phenomenal. Like it's really, what it it does too, is it's moving a lot. In changing rooms, I don't know if you got this. It had that paranormal activity vibe. Oh yeah, totally. You you start looking around the whole frame, like oh they're gonna. Get I me think from that over there. was the best. You're part. So fucking scared in that. That opening. is the best part about that opening is that I am searching the frame for the answer, and that is exactly what yeah. you want from a movie literally about an invisible person. You're like, are they invisible right. yet? What am I looking for? Wait a second, what's that? Which is weird because we're watching him in bed. He's visible. Yeah, to totally. Us a lot of that opening, but what it does. You know, not to get like too personal or whatever, but, you know, I've seen some of this up close and personal. Like we had some abuse issues when I was growing mm-hmm. up and it just it really captured that in a way that felt really honest right. to me. Right. Where you're, there is this. And my experience with it was even when things were going right and you were having your best day. Right. Like when we were having a Norman Rockwell day. Mm-hmm. You were always afraid of that one line, right. the one joke too far, the one something gets broken and oh fuck like all hell's gonna break loose like and that's what this does is there there every fucking step she takes and and i just i mean even now talking about it, i'm getting wound up because it it's such a perfect opening for the movie which is here is a man that even when we see him is still invisibly haunting right. her now he's invisibly haunting us right and well he's always scary no matter what setting right. And it just ratchets that tension up so fast and so hard that it really puts you in. I mean, you are on high alert for essentially the rest of the movie. There is very little breathing room in this movie. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's interesting because the um, the concept of the Invisible Man changes like twice in this movie. It's really fascinating. And again, like this is why it's such elaborate on right. that. I love it's that. why this is elaborate. such a brilliant update of the movie itself because. Again, like, it starts out as, like, oh, it's an invisible man. Like, he's invisible. He's torturing this woman. Like, mm-hmm. clearly, like, we as an audience all know that. And so I think the scary part and the thing that makes it so great for an audience to watch is we are essentially, like, it's almost like locked-in syndrome where as soon as things start happening that she can't explain and she starts uttering out loud that this is an invisible man, like, it's Adrian yes. who's chasing me. We are like all like helplessly locked into her brain going, oh, my God, somebody fucking believe her, please. Because we all know yes. like yes, bitch. that's like the craziest thing. And that's the thing that I think is really, really smart and powerful about the movie is because it takes this. Look, we live in a very particular era of time where Me Too and a lot of the aspects of our life are changing every day, particularly in our presentation of our heroes, of anybody that we believe is doing the right thing or doing a good thing in the world. So. For it literally to be about this person that everyone believes is the, doing the right thing. He's 
obviously eccentric, but nevertheless, he's trying to do the right thing for this woman to constantly try to tell people something is happening to me and no one to give a shit is not only relevant, but also far more terrifying than anything else that happens in the movie, to be honest with you. Right. That is scarier than a guy who took some, you know, MMA classes in a rubber suit. Right, 100%. The scariest thing is, oh, my God, I'm the only one who knows what's really happening. Right. And she becomes, again, because of what he's done to her, she becomes the invisible woman, man. No one will listen to her. No one wants to help right. her. You see how fast her friends and family turn on her when she becomes difficult. Right. And I think that's another thing that people, you know, who have experienced some trauma are pretty familiar with. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to help people. And then all of a sudden when it's on your doorstep and you're like, oh, shit, that might spill into right. my house when I'm trying to watch Roseanne. Eh, like, well, not a fan of this. Well, that's know? what's so tragic about the that, police officer. Yeah. Like, that's what's tragic about the police yeah. officer and his daughter is like, I would probably be doing the same thing. Like that that scene where. The where, where Adrian is the invisible oh. man slaps her in the face like that to Holy me. Shit, I was like, oh, my God. But I also know that, like, I probably would have done the exact same thing. Like if there was an invisible man slapping the shit out of my kid and I came in and like oh, someone's yeah. like, it wasn't me. And be like, fuck you. Get out of my house. Like you are at the mercy of logic. And when something illogical presents itself, that doesn't make any sense. You had you, you can't believe someone who's sitting there who like that's the craziest thing again, like. I just like you're sitting there watching this movie and you're just like shouting. You're shouting like yeah. I, I, I obviously I'm not a monster, so I don't yell out in the movie theater. But <laughs> I'm literally You are like the old pieces of shit that sat behind me. <laughs> I was like, oh, if I had one of those rubber camera suits, all of you would suffocate on popcorn right now. <laughs> I'd just be you remember that scene in Aladdin? Yeah. When they turned the uh the Sultan into the court jester and Yago's like, eat the fucking crackers, you piece of shit. <laughs> That would have been me and those three old ladies and the Invisible right. Man. They would have all been choking. Me. I think that that scene alone was the most terrifying of this like helplessness yeah. she had because that's when you realize like there is no one else to help her. Like the one person yeah. who's been with her oh, the whole man. time is now like I'm sorry, I got to protect my kid. And you sympathize yeah. with it, but you're like, holy shit, this per- this is terrifying. Well, I mean, and that's that's where it kind of gets into the genre thing of here is this invention that we can't fucking fathom. Right. And that's scary for us, too, because that feels like the world we're living in. Yeah. I said this on uh, my other podcast on the YouTube channel I run, Nick Hall Comedy Podcast. I, I told him this last week. I'm like, I've been doing, like, I'm a conspiracy theory, like, reader. I don't believe them all. I'm not, like, a fucking asshole. But, you know, I think they're fun to read. Right. I You know, as, like, a creative writer, I'm like, yeah, it's fun to see, like, where people's minds will go and shit. Uh, and I, I was watching. I All of a sudden, I've developed this tear. I was like. Holy fuck, dude. Our world is going to end because of deep fake videos. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, let's say, right, like someone today did, you know, we're, we're in the middle of this pandemic scare. And it is fucking scary, man. It's looming over all of us. Right. right. Let's say someone deep faked a video of President Trump like, fuck that guy. Fuck him. I'll fuck, it as, I'll fuck his mother. You know, like just going ape shit. Right. We live in a world where if I saw that from our president, I'd be like, yeah, that tracks. Yeah. And, like, the stock market could crash, bombs could be flying before someone's like, hey, actually, that's a fake video. Like, that's how fast things move, and it's fucking scary. Yeah. So here you have these people, right, friends and family who have lost her for a couple years. She comes back in, and she knows, man, she's been on the cutting edge of this. And they just, they're like, an invisible boyfriend? What? And and it's fun because the real emotional journey is, you know, is masked. You're, or, you know, helps you get by the a rubber suit that makes him invisible. All right, whatever. Because, again, there's already an invisible man haunting her, right? And she's already the broken version of herself who's trying right. to rebuild. There's already, sus- which, there's already suspicion. Exactly. And it's hard for people to truly be there for someone who's in that condition, right? right. Even if you desperately want to be. And I think that was one of the things that struck me in the film was – how fucking easily Adrian can just come into her life and just get her off kilter, right? right? Just steal her portfolio before an interview, send a mean email to her sister. Uh, you know, things like, I mean, granted when he drugs, her, you're like, well, that's fucking truly terrifying. Yeah. That's not subtle at all, but you get this sense of, Oh my God. Right. So other, and th- this is like kind of the other version of an invisible man, right? Is, 
maybe my sister has always hated and despised right, me. Exactly. But she's trying to be good, and now th- I have allowed her to show her true face. She's like, oh, my God, my sister was the invisible sister. Right. And now I see her. She fucking Right, I think that's, God. like, the real fear. That's the real fear that grips the movie is not, like, again, it's so brilliantly done. Like, this isn't about, like, the Perfect. invisible man aspect is so just, like, it almost becomes irrelevant because all of this movie yeah. becomes about is this woman trying to convince people that she's not going crazy she's not an insane person like all she wants to do is be believed and heard which is something very relevant in today's society and for that to be really like the true invisibility that's the most terrifying thing is like to not be listened to and not be believed exactly really reminded me of um linda hamilton's performance in terminator 2 Mm -hmm. when she's in the the asylum and she's just like trying to be like no this isn't coming because she desperately needs to get out and protect her son and like when she breaks and she's like you fucking idiot like she's screaming it in their face and she has such belief in the fact that you can see someone with such belief and earnest fear and be like what a loony right you know like how easily we can dismiss people right it's fucking terrifying it's mind-blowing like this movie has there are moments right where the invisibility to me in this one wasn't as perfect like an amazing scene right like well one i'm like why does adrian see he has his cell phone in the attic so i was like so now i have to imagine i'm like how did he smuggle that in he's like i'll put it down by my my chocha and then i'll get it out upstairs in the attic when no one can you know i'm just thinking about like how does this work why does he leave his phone buzzing in the attic whatever you're like maybe he's playing games okay that that was actually i was like she dumps paint on him right right? in one of the all-time great like ah scares i've had in the theater and cup like that's a terrifying scene but immediately my brain goes to oh i've spilled paint on shit that doesn't you can't wash that off in the sink bitch so then i'm imagining him like running down the street like partially painted but you're like that's what the movie does so well is it's so brilliantly constructed everywhere else you're like i don't care if it's a rubber suit I don't care if he was wearing the Philly fanatic suit, and that's what made him invisible. Right, right. I don't care if it's a fucking Harold Potter wizard hat. However he becomes invisible, I don't care, because they are using the invisibility right. to maximum impact. Well, actually, they are literally bludgeoning my heart with this movie. Right. Well, that was actually the, the cell phone thing. I was like, do you think he was just up there like for three days playing like Brick Breaker or something quietly? Like... <laughs> like like well no because he's like he's creeping when she's sleeping so like he's got a busy schedule right so but he's he's got some downtime to like wait for her to go down so he's just like quietly like getting to level 45 like yes like not not wanting to make a noise though (laughs) you think he's like candy crushing (laughs) a billionaire like that who candy crushes yeah right no way (laughs) maybe that maybe he's just doing the weird thing about adrian in this movie too is a lot of these movies dabble with these are men who want to be or think they are gods. Right. But they have a little bit of humanity that keeps them from crossing that threshold. Right. And yeah. then the invisibility is what does it. A lot of movies look at the invisibility from the imagine being gifted this power. Right. I mean, what would you do with it? In this movie, the op- he already has crossed that line. And so right. we don't have to waste our time being like, what would you do with invisibility? Well, like, yeah, the whole time I'm watching the screen, I'm like, not that. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think that's probably either. the best thing about this version <laughs> of the Invisible Man is we're not wasting our time with an answer with an answer to a question that's already been answered. Like, I don't know, 4000 times. Yeah. Like, obviously, yeah. like everybody knows what you do if you were a fucking invisible person. Like, there's literally like three yeah. things you would do, all of them, all of which are terrible. So like all bad, all, all bad, bad behaviors. Like, yeah, if you're an invisible person and you do these things, like if you even think about them, you're a terrible person, like no matter what. Yeah. So not wasting our time with that and diving directly into the psychosis of someone who's been in an abusive relationship and who yep. contends that the person who is her abuser is secretly like essentially haunting her. That is like, yeah. That is the true that is the true like twist in the story that I think is necessary to make it a relevant for now, but also just make it watchable without us like focusing on the like the thing that I marveled about, like leaving the theater really is Elizabeth Moss is obviously the star of the movie. But like I and again, like I was like, what a what a waste of a marketing opportunity for her to like she should have honestly they should have 
like when she was going to walk into one of the pressers, she should have been like, oh, sorry, you're busy to like an empty chair. Like, come on. That's like an obvious one. But like you wanted her to do the uh, Clint Eastwood speech from the Republican convention when he talked to that fucking chair. One hundred percent. But like, (laughs) but I think a really key thing is that she and like the cop are the only people that I recognize from other movies. I I can tell you plainly have never seen the guy who plays Adrian. I've never seen his brother. I've seen that guy. I've never seen those two in anything else. But that was the thing is like, imagine if it was played by someone who was like actually like truly like famous as elizabeth moss because elizabeth right. moss is famous well, from handmaid's tale Mad Men. like what if it had been fucking john they Hamm, were, you know? yeah when they were planning on doing their dark monster like avengers universe, right it was gonna be right? fucking johnny After, depp johnny depp right. and if this is johnny depp, although granted johnny depp might be the perfect choice there's some terrifying things that he's working out right true now. yes um but but yeah that's I, but that's what i mean it's so not important Right, it's who he is. Very right? un like it, it's great that it's not that is not the distraction in the movie. Like I am so ingrained in the story the entire time simply because I don't care who the Invisible Man is. I don't care that I don't get to see like J Depp in a uh, you know invisible suit. <laughs> like that's not what I care yeah. about. Like what yeah. I care about is Elizabeth Moss convincing people that she's not seeing things. I don't know. I saw a commercial where he buried his necklace in the desert and then got a bottle of cologne. And I was like, that's what I need in my invisible people story. I <laughs> you know it's invisible. The plot of that commercial. God damn it. No, that's neither here nor there. What? Just <laughs> but I fired. think this is really fascinating what you're in on. Yeah. Come at me, Jadep. Just kidding. Don't. You might. Um, what's funny about that, though, to me is when we finally see Adrian at the end. It becomes wild based on how we've we've experienced him in this movie, right? Right. So all we've seen is that he is this oppressive force of bad, right? And right. Everyone around him, he somehow finds a way to catch them in this web, right? And kind of our big surprise ending is, oh, well, he was buried in a hole by his brother who stole the fucking suit and has been playing this ruse the whole time. Right. Or has he? And it seems it seems impossible that that's true. Right. But maybe the movie leaves it open enough that maybe he says that line at the end at dinner, like wink, right? He gives her the the line that he said invisible. Right. But we're watching him and I was like, oh, my fucking God, this guy's invisible in plain sight. Because, again, he cannot ever be himself a normal person. Right. Right. Like his true evil side comes out in the suit at this dinner. He's trying to pretend he's the loving, you know, soon to be father of the child and he'll be good and whatever. Right. And it's it's fun. It's just crazy to watch a guy like that go through that arc. I thought it was pretty good for a, you know, he's a fairly one dimensional character. He's a, sure. you know, just evil, power hungry piece of shit. But that final scene is extra chilling to me because even when we see him, there's nothing to see. Right. Well, that, I, that was really fucking. Scary. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I thought about that, too. Yeah. And again, it takes the piss out of him as this monster where you're like this fucking guy. Right. Well, I mean, like, oh, again, God. like you think about that first scene, like when he literally runs up to the window and is able to literally bash it in. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. Like car windows are not easy to bash in. But with your bare fucking hand, like that's pretty. I did it once when I was hammered drunk. Right. So, you know, like I said, I pretty impossible it, with just like. <laughs> Pretty impossible when you're just normally sober. So, oh yeah. But like, from there to that final scene, and again, like the tension is so good in that fucking scene. Like, yeah, the whole time you're just like, when's he gonna fly off the handle? Like, show me the Adrian oh, yeah. we've been told mm-hmm. is this Adrian. That's right. And he the, can't take his Adrian suit off though. No, he can't. Like, that's the invisibility. Yeah. Like, the real person He's is got to buried be so deeply guy. underneath. Um. That's kind of the weird question in the movie is like, had they gotten back together, like how long would that shit last till the birth? Maybe and he's like, I, I got you now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I got man. You, bitch. It's, it's fucking intense, dude. It's intense. Uh, let's talk about to me, which was going to be one of the best horror movie scenes of the decade. Uh, dinner with the sister. Holy fucking shit. So good. It's one of the first, I mean, I can honestly say, I don't remember the last time, like, I, you can make me jump in a theater with your fake jump scares and the loud sounds and shit. Right. Literally had an almost jumping out of my seat moment. It's just, 
you know, like this is a, it's just so magnificently crafted. Like, honestly, it's a pacing because this is like, this is probably at the beginning of the third act where she's officially like, everyone thinks she's off the rails. Everyone thinks she's out of her mind. Like, her sister's already read this horrible email that was written to her and all this other shit has happened. She like begged for this meat and you're like, Oh my God, like her sister is going to understand and finally come around and you see it happening. Her sister's like having a change of heart. And then, I mean, again, it's just so it's plain as day. It's amazing. Like again, the, the turn of the scene is honestly terrifying. Like, it's just well, they lull you in with a like slow there. roll apology. Yep. Yeah, we're sisters. We're sisters, and then there's just a knife floating there, and it takes your mind a minute to be like, "Wait, what?" Ah! And he slices her fucking throat, and she falls on the table. Knife to Elizabeth Moss. Right? Oh my god! Yes. And what is so fu- it's so fucked. Oh, it's perfect the way it plays out. It's amazing. It's I'm telling you, it's one of the best horror movie scenes I've ever seen. It's fucking great. It's so good. But the extra layer of of horror in that scene is that this is the first time since it's happened that it feels like people are actually looking at her. Yeah. Right. Ooh, like yeah, they're totally. looking her in the eye. And so the whole audience is seeing her, but as this fucking monster, right? right. She's just been, had her sister murdered in front of her face by this ghostly abusive ex. And everyone in the restaurants looking at her, like she just fucking killed her sister. Right. In the the weight of that and her performance and just sitting there, uh, I mean Elizabeth Moss, like that moment, you're like, that's why she'll work forever. Yeah, because the amount of just dread and hopelessness and resignation and defeat and angst, like the amount of emotions that are just waiting to erupt in that scene, are staggering. I mean, I'd go and even it's so. It's an extra level of terror that I, I think very few scenes achieve. Right. I mean, I'd say even further, uh, the thing that is. I mean, yeah, the, that's a good point. Like the bringing up, like her finally being seen by these people is very terrifying. I think the other thing that really gets me here, and it happens in a couple other scenes, and the sound design in this movie is fantastic. Is oh my god, yeah! As soon as it happens, the music and the sound of like everything just comes like crashing down. Like I actually thought about this a lot, like. The um the house that her and Adrian live on is like on the bl- on these bluffs, and the sound of the ocean is so loud in the mix. And I don't know if this ha- I don't know if this happened in your screening, but I was just like constantly. I'm like, why is the fucking ocean so loud? Like, but I realize the point of this like sound mix and the point of the movie itself, like a lot of the time with the audio particularly, is it's it's to distract us from the it's to lock us into the visuals like. I know the ocean's going to go like there's nothing about the ocean that's going to necessarily change. So I'm stuck watching this whole thing happen. So as soon as during that dinner scene, as soon as her throat's get, throat gets cut and the music just fucking just like slams into like a fucking wall, you hear everything at once and you're everything. You're just drawn in. You're like, Oh my God. Like the fucking yeah. dismantling of this woman's life is complete. The whole thing is coming down right now. It's amazing in that scene. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. Adrian has been nibbling at her. Yeah. And it must be horrendous, right? We see this horrible fight, right, where she's, you know, being thrown around by him and Mm -hmm. this and that. And it's horrendous. But that feels like something she's experienced before. You know, she could get the best of him in a physical fight, you feel like. Like, she'll find a way to defeat him. Right. The, The just the brutality of how rapidly and it's one of those things you're like fuck man that's it's it's the best use of invisibility in a movie i've ever seen because it just happens so fast and it's so cruel and it's because that's she goes from there she's in a fucking like prison hospital right they're like she's fucking crazy yeah you know she went from woman who was strong enough to escape to she's refound her friends she's gonna help this girl go to college you know, she's going to be rich. Like, she, she's going to get her job back to now she's fucking in an asylum. Yeah. And what is crazy about the movie is that's not enough. We're like, oh, he's still going to fucking torture her. Yeah. It's, still. It's it's nuts. Like, And also, you're like, how does he not have to poop in the asylum? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> 
Like, how does he never have to poop in the asylum and like blow this whole room? This is again. This is another him being up in the attic makes no sense. He has to poop at some point. Yeah, he's got. I mean, maybe he has like an invisible poop tube in there. I don't know. It's like sitting at like a fanny pack on his side. I don't remember the suit specifications, but but no invisible colostomy because we've already been. Yep, absolutely. Those probably exist. But we've been through this horrific chain of events, right? And they could have just ended the movie there, and I'd been like, wow, that was fucking brutal. Yeah. Right? They hit us with another one-two punch, which is she's pregnant. Of course he knew you were on birth control. Like, how he knows everything. You can't escape him. To the brother being like, I knew the whole time. I am working for him. Uh, You know, we can make this go away. So now, again, in this moment, her worst nightmare realized and someone for the first time in the movie is like, yeah, you're not fucking. You're not out of here. We know. Yeah, we know. But now now it's out. And I was surprised how much impact that scene had on me. Oh, man. And I think what because this is the thing we knew the whole time that he was real. But there's something about the way that they they lay this out. Right. Uh, Lee one out. Right. That's how you pronounce his name. I think so. The way he he paces this out. Right. Is. Even though we know we've watched this woman be so fucking pulverized by this piece of shit. Right. That just watching her have the moment of, oh, thank God, is so refreshing to us, even though it's, you know, it's it's meaning is terrifying. Well, I think what it is, is we've only seen this from her perspective. Like no other person in this movie has seen what we've seen. So the whole time up until that point. There is like as as small as microscopic as it is. There is a shred where you're like, maybe she is like completely seeing this because that's what the movie is supposed to do. Like, that's the best part about this is like you and I are both sitting there the whole time. You're like, oh, I know it's the invisible guy. Like, there's no way it's not an invisible guy. But in the back of your head, there's just like it's the it's the smallest piece because that's what it is. Like, it's. I don't know if I actually yeah. believe her like that. Like that's and the you terrifying know what's brilliant? thing. You feel kind of guilty for not believing her too. Yeah. So you're like, there's no, no, I know there's an invisible guy the whole time, but it's just that little piece. And that acknowledgement within the universe of the movie itself is so earth shattering. You're like, okay, now I know. And it's so much yeah. more terrifying because this other person right. who was a lawyer, who's like been trying to help, like kind of help, but not really help the whole time indicates that oh my god like there's no way out of this yeah and that's elizabeth moss always plays it with that vulnerability and that open wound that lets you know that there's probably a part of her that questions totally you know what i mean but but that's what i'm i think it's just that in a movie that's so much a pressure cooker it's just one moment of like thank god like (laughs) she well, it's like because that, right, right. Uh, like you said, right? Maybe that's it. Is that you're just like, oh, she isn't just a crazy person losing her mind. Like, okay, good, we can get back to just rooting for her to <laughs> right, kill this right, piece of right. shit. You know what I mean? Like, because I was just like, why is this like seem okay? Like, this is terrifying. Yeah. Now we just know she's locked in here right. for like because again, the implications of what he's saying are really, I really, really bad. Feels like to be <laughs> like I honestly like I walked out of the theater because I I thought about that. I'm like, why did I like. Why is there a part of me that was like, was she honestly like, was she crazy up until that point? And I think it's because, again, there's like that guilt of, oh, I didn't believe her. Like that is like and that above all else, especially nowadays, is so prevalent. That was the part that I was like, oh, my God, like that's that's what this is. Imagine her friend, the cop (laughs) later in life. Like he he will at the end of the movie. He's just like, hell, yeah, I'll be an accomplice to murder. Because he's like, man, those moments when I go pick up my daughter's tuition are going to be hella awkward. Right? <laughs> right? After I was such a bad fucking friend. <laughs> he's like, murders? Yeah, let's roll. Right. We're cool, right? <laughs> yeah, at the end, he's like, I know I'm a cop and all, but murders. Murders, why not? I'll help, I'll help you figure out how to do it. No problem. Yeah, and, and that's, I think after that moment, I, I'm way less interested in the the gap between her escaping the hospital, right? There is a scene where he just starts taking out cops. And I was like, all right, this is fun. Yeah. It's a fun game. Uh, the, the rain scene really bothered me. Cause I'm like, I don't care what cameras you have. You would see the, I think maybe, I don't know. So I was like, all right, this is kind of, 
eh, eh, eh. You know, we've lost that cat and mouse moment, and now it's her on the attack. But it, it gets it gets me right back once they get in the house. Because now Adrian is attacking other people right. again. And that's that's back to the fear because it's it's a it's a really good trick the movie pulls, which is once we know she's pregnant, there there is a bit of re- relieving of the tension, right? Like that idea is terrifying. And you're like, oh fuck, now like there are bigger stakes right. because there's a child. But also you're like, he's not going to like stab her and shit, no. right? Like he has to be, he has to be okay with her. Right. And he wants to make sure. So it, it's a weird moment in the movie where raising the stakes seemingly lowered the tension for me, but then they get it back immediately because of what the brother was saying, which is, you know, Oh, he can hurt more than you. Yeah. And that is, oh, you're like, oh, yeah, fuck, yeah, I'm back. And when he beats the fuck out of that cop, that made me almost cry in the theater, man. I felt so bad for that dude. (laughs) I felt so bad for that guy. You know what? It's just, I think that's what the movie is. I I felt really bad for that guy. (laughs) I I did not. I don't know how else to say it. I was just watching the screen. I'm like, he's just trying to, like, help his crazy friend and his daughter. And next thing you know, he's just getting his ass beat from, like, nowhere. Yeah, that sucked. By a guy that he could definitely beat up. and Because that's the other thing. Now imagine him moving forward. Strong, powerful, good dad, good man. Who, you know, I will protect my daughter. Now every day for the rest of his life, he's like, dude, I got jumped and sucker punched by this fucking invisible wimp. <laughs> and he couldn't protect anyone. Like, he's now going to be haunted forever. It's, I don't know. I don't know. That, that scene... That scene was emotionally devastating to me, just watching that guy get his ass beat. And then they they kill the brother. Now, okay, let's walk through this twist ending. What did you think of the ending of the movie? Like the 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 twist on the brother and all that shit? Or the actual No, end? so the, they say, oh, the brother, Adrian sets it up where he's like, he put me in a cave and he stole my suit, my fancy suits. And he, uh, you know, killed everyone, right. right? It wasn't me, I was innocent. Right. He sets up the dinner and Elizabeth Moss goes... With her friend in tow. Right. So, I I don't... I think the ending is very satisfying for what it was. Yeah, I mean... Because uh, I, I f- this, this is what I'd ask you, right? Is it better to have that, again, cat and mouse scene? Right? The, the dinner cat and mouse now. Rather than her pulling the mask off and Adrian's just been stabbed in that hallway. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, I mean, that's what the movie right? is. Like, it's the reversal of what's happened the entire movie. Like, I actually think her, like, stabbing him and pulling off the mask actually would have been way less satisfying. Because, honestly, yeah. like, that's not what this movie's about. Like, this movie is not about getting the bad guy. Like, and I think that's, like, it is, but that's not the important part. The important part is beating Adrian at his own game. So, like... This whole time he's been playing this cat and mouse. He's been fucking with her. He literally murdered her sister in front of her. Yeah. So she. Oh, and has the fucking balls to be like, do you want lobsters or meatballs? Oh, oh yeah. The fucking. How does he fit those giant nuts in that invisibility suit? <laughs> what a piece of shit that guy. Oh. Yeah, you want steak or. For a guy with no screen time, you hate him so fucking much. So, But that's cool because the invisibility lets right. you – it becomes this becomes empty this basin for everyone thing. you've so hated and hurt you. That scene is oh, so brilliant. much more important because that's the satisfaction. Like, But let me run this by you, right? She says, right, we can make this okay again. You have to tell the fucking truth. Right. Is there a world where he could have told the truth there and she doesn't murder no, him? Absolutely. So you think she just knows he cannot he's incapable of telling I mean, the that truth. to me is the what if he would have fucking fooled her and said, yeah, I did it. I fucking did it. I got you back, didn't I, baby? And he would have I think she still like even if he had told the truth, she still would have she still would have done yeah. it because. I mean, that's like the important thing, like the important thing is like, that's what it is about. It's not necessarily about murdering him. It's about like, OK, let's say if he had admitted that he had done it. Which he, he kind of sure. does. He says the line, right? Right. In his own dickhead way, he admits what he did. Right. So he kind of admits what he did. So like let's say he let's say it was a much less let's say it was much less elegant than that. And he goes, Yeah, I did it. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Like what if he like gone girl it and he's like, You should just be happy to be back, right? Man. Like 
what if what if he had said, "Yeah, I did it," and what are you going to do about it? Like then, oh. then it becomes less cat and mouse, and then you're expecting the fight. But because yeah. he's not willing to relinquish the truth, that absolves her really of any wrongdoing in her eyes because she knows that she has taken the power back because he she like that's a that's the power struggle in that scene is right when she walks in she is there to take back what's hers which isn't the house or anything like that it's honestly just her dignity as a person because he's put her through the ringer he's put her in a fucking prison hospital murdered her sister um got her ostracized from her friend and daughters her friend and her friend's daughter's house like he has dismantled her life so the o- he he did the most awful thing you can do to a person. I think I think it's funny. I was what was that book I was reading? It was Ta-Nehisi Coates wrote it, right? And I think it's Between the World yeah. and Me. When he, and he talks a lot about how certain things that are done take away the safety in your own body, right? And how absolutely devastating that is to a soul. And that's kind of what he's done. He's just fucking eviscerated her, yeah. right? And so this is her. Because this is what I wondered, right? I think what you said is really interesting, right? It's her taking it back, and and it absolves her in a way. I don't know. I don't know if that's the word I would use, right? Because there is this moment of, I think she wants to give him the chance, but she knows, and he knows, and they both know that they know, right? Right. So I don't. That's what I was searching for. Is like, what is this moment to her? Yeah. Uh, see, no I matter don't really what he think... says, she's going into that closet, getting the suit, and fucking him up. Right. That's happening no matter what. Right. You think so? Oh, yeah, totally. Like, so what this is, because that's she has to know that there's no humanity in this man. Right. So what what is she hoping for in that scene? Does she actually want that moment of him admitting wrongdoing? I don't think that's the point of the scene. The point of the scene is literally just for her to. It's for her. It's only so she can take her own, like take the power of the situation back for herself. Like that scene has nothing to do with anything more than absolution. Not necessarily. No, you're right. Absolving's the wrong word, but absolution of pursuit is what it is. Like she now is the one pursuing him. Gotcha. Like that to me, I think is probably the more important thing is that Elizabeth Moss's character doesn't Elizabeth Moss's character doesn't need to kill him. Like she could probably just like show someone the suit and be like, guess what? This motherfucker has been doing this the entire time. I have like, I'll show you a video. Like I'll show you how he did it. All this shit. She could do that. But instead yeah. she, a, this is, and this is a great, this is an update of like, you know, this is the invisible man though. Think about it. Like in the original Claude Rains dies with the secret. So conceivably, this is the same thing where Adrian dies knowing he's already accomplished this. Elizabeth Moss, though, locks it away, essentially saying <laughs> no one will care. No one needs to be this person. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's, it is interesting. Yeah. Because I. It's Elizabeth Moss. He, doing has, he has taken twofold. so much from her. I'm not sure if I love the all the way ending, right? Like seeing him get his fucking throat sliced is amazing. Cool. And let's we'll talk about some kind of plot hole issues in a minute. But there's a moment when she walks outside and she's like, "Hey, friend, who didn't believe me and has a daughter, I'm now implicating you in a crime." Right. And the thought that this is just going to go away immediately, and no one's going to be like, "Well, this is fucking strange. We should investigate like crazy," right? Take all that stuff aside, right? The 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 idea of him letting or turning her barbarous, as it were, right? I don't know that that all the way landed with me. And I, I don't know if that's just maybe like, you know, we, we have a male perspective on things. It's, you know, how we are. It's it's our world. Sure. And I, I don't know if maybe what I wanted is more of, you know, a classic her to be stronger and him, you know, die some other way. But it, it felt weird to me that she was so cold and calculated at the end. But then you're like, isn't isn't that exactly how we would all be? Well, I mean, I think you. I don't. There was something that felt slightly off in watching her just become him. I mean, you think about. Me. Well, I mean, I wouldn't even say that she became him. Like she simply chose. Not nearly the depth of depravity, but you know, well, no, but cold, calculating, invisible. <laughs> I mean, I guess there is a symptom of like beating someone at their own game. There is a little bit of yeah. that, but I'd say like more to the point, 
she takes it upon herself. Like it's a, uh, she takes it upon herself to like kind of complete this moral imperative essentially. Like, yeah, she's seen what this can do. So when you think about it, if you've seen someone who can turn invisible and literally get away with anything, right? The estimation. Oh, and now she knows the baby. I keep forgetting about if she doesn't take him out, he will be always haunting right. the baby. So, of course, if, yeah, you got to kill that motherfucker. So, if then. you have to kill them, to, you have right. to kill it to right. save the you're world, right. save your child, and save yourself. You're threefold completing a moral imperative. You have to do otherwise. You yeah. are otherwise you're unleashing. Good point. Hell on earth with this guy who literally can just be invisible when he whenever he wants. Not only that, he's True. invisible whenever he wants around a child. Which, like, I think about like. If I wasn't like, let's say, I'm, if my wife and I were not together, and I was just like an invisible person hanging, like, it's interesting. I actually thought a lot about um, that episode of Batman the Animated Series. Who also the guy who has like the invisible suit, all he wants to do is hang out yeah. with his daughter the whole time and pretends he's yeah. like a ghost for her. Like, that's yeah. what I thought. I was like, really fuck, sweet. dude, that's, really that's sweet, the fucking dude. guy. That's the fucking. Creep. But you're not a bad. You're not a bad guy. Piece of shit. He'd be the one who's like. His son's not doing push-ups, so he's, like, whipping him. And the son's like, ow, what the fuck? Right, yeah. Like, I'm trying to play Fortnite. <laughs> you know? Like, Adrian is a piece of shit, yeah. I don't know. It's one of those things in the theater I just remember being like, damn, like, she's so fucking – she's turning dark. I even had that moment where I was like, is she going to keep using that suit? Oh, see, now – but see, like, that's the, the I don't know. There must be enormous power in that moment for her. I mean, this is like, the like male... I got this piece of shit. And I think we all agree he's a piece of right. shit and we're not sad he's killed. But like, again, this is the thing. She's she's journeying down the dark path that he right. took. Well, and there was a part of me that was is sad to think that that could continue after the movie's right. over. I mean, like that to me, if I was playing devil's advocate, particularly if I was a woman, I would sit there and say, like, so it's okay for him to have this power, but not for her. Like that's no, I don't think anyone, but that's what I mean. I was wanting more of like a, we'll burn it well, all that's down. What I'm saying. Like when she puts it in the duffel bag, you're like, Oh man, she wants that fucking thing. I mean, she didn't destroy it. She wants, that's that the interpretation thing. you could take from it. The interpretation I took was that she would probably destroy it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that she would because the police are going to be right. and not only police, like once it's out that there's an invisible tech, like now you're talking about yeah. government. Exactly. Like, it's like, think about the cop, think about the cop show. To me, it, it read as this is something I can use to easily solve a horrible problem. I think that's intoxicating. And I think that's what is. Well, she and that's what I love movies that put you in a brilliant ethical dilemma like right. that where you're like. I think we all agree that Adrian got what he deserved. He was a piece of shit. He would have been a prolonged problem. Also, though, I hate seeing a woman who's gone through so much abuse and trauma who now may be tempted to, you know, these darker behaviors because of what she was put through, man. I think you wanted a happier ending for her. I mean, or I did. Personally. I mean, that was that. That's the happiest ending I think that was going to be accomplished. Like she's been through. Yeah, she's probably she's been super through so much. <laughs> she's a completely different yeah. person than the person we met at the beginning of the movie. She now yeah. has seen what people. She's seen what this person that she supposedly loved was capable of. Like just because he became right, controlling he, and all this other shit. So many parts of her. Like he, he. I hate thinking that that part was then replenished with the worst parts of him. I don't think that's the case. You know. Well, I mean, it happens. Sometimes people that deal with these traumas, right? It just breaks part of you. You know, it just breaks part of you. Yeah, but there's not a lot about the way that the scenes, like the way that that last scene ended, there's not a lot about that 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 made me think, oh, she's going to become a huge piece of shit now. Right. And I'm with you, except for taking the fucking suit, man. I mean, taking the suit and implicating your friend in the murder i was like oh these are like steps to the i mean take side. well implicating your friend in the murder i'm all for the throat slice right you convinced me on that i, I always implicating for, your I friend getting well, she on. had a kid at the end of the implicating movie. your friend in the murder guarantees the cooperation of your friend because he's a cop and if he gets caught <laughs> he's fucked so you're guaranteeing a cooperation i honestly believe yeah. like taking like okay if she had destroyed the suit there okay let's say if she yeah. had thrown it in the water some dipshit would have found him and be like, hey, what the fuck's this? Yeah. I think she's the, she knows she's the only one who can dis- dispose of it properly without it becoming You think she, she destroys it at the I, end? 
if she destroys it at the end, that completely invalidates my whole theory. So that's the sticking point. It's the taking the suit. Because yes. if she if she takes it straight to like a compactor, smashes that fucker up and dices it and spreads it, you know, ashes on like the ocean. Then yeah, my whole my whole weird sure. feeling. I mean, is it's, it's I mean, but that's the best part about this movie is like. You have to decide for yourself. Like I am deciding that this person has changed so significantly that she's going to do the right thing. That's, That's the best part about well, this. And it's true too because Adrian is already a piece of shit. Right. So we don't really see what effect the power of the suit has on him. Right. She's the first person in the movie who's not already a piece of shit. Right. Who then is able to be at that you know, Pandora's box moment. Right. I think maybe that's why it was sitting weird with me. I don't know. Could be. But it, I mean, honestly, just this movie from start to finish is, I mean, it is an absolute masterwork of tension, right? Yeah. It's just suspenseful and it's brilliant. The camera work is unbelievable, right? Cause like I said, it, it, it gave me that same dread that something like paranormal does, but paranormal is a lot of like rhythmic, you know, panning camera or stationary camera. And the stillness adds to the fear, right? right? This one is, it's more of a, you know, corner of your eye. Like, oh, fuck. And the, the way every shot is framed is just, it has that exact same impact. Oh, yeah, it's to the me, exact same where thing. Where the amount of dread that is pouring out of the screen as you're getting ratcheted up, as no one will believe her, there is an invisible weight sitting on you, the audience member, right. that you cannot shake the whole time. Totally. And we talk about this a lot, right? There's a difference between there are a lot of horror movies, but there are a lot of there are very few that leave me actually horrified. Yeah. And I think this one does that really well. Like there there are moments in that film that truly sent shivers down my spine. Absolutely. It's I mean, it's just one of those it's one of those great movies where you see like because I think about like I think about like the first time I saw a trailer for like Hollow Man or something like that, you know? Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, like you're like, oh, okay, that looks like fun. This one was the first time like I've seen a movie where like the title, The Invisible Man. I'm like, eh, I mean, whatever, I get it. <laughs> but I mean, like, I walked into that theater not knowing what to expect, and I walked out like hugely surprised by how deep it went. It was great. Yeah, and it's and it's just the the predatory nature of him and the character and. That, and that's what I think separates this one. And again, it is very timely, like you said. But, you know, again, I, I've gone through some of this and like watching how real it is, that fucking omnipresent tear. It's 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 timely and it's super well done. And it just it rings true with something that we're all fucking afraid of. Totally. Man. And and this is an interesting sub point to this. Right. Because I think that's what separates this movie. Right. And why it becomes actually scary is because of how emotionally invested we are in uh, the amazing Elizabeth Moss performance we're right. watching. Now, I've I've heard people on Twitter, right? As soon as this came out and was doing gangbusters, right? It's doing great. People love it. It'll probably make a fuckload of money uh, today on Friday, hopefully. People were saying, here we go. This is the start. This is the start of our universal monster movies uh, being remade. What? I find that laughable. What do you think? Nope. Hard pass. Stupid. Well, well, what I was telling people too online is I was like, the reason this movie's hitting so hard, right? One, because it's just masterful horror and suspense yeah. storytelling, right? But again, it's that real emotional trauma that we can latch on to, and it's very timely. How do you do that with the creature from the Black Lagoon as effective? Well, I mean, like, well climate change but also i also wouldn't <laughs> like you all forgot like if i'm just you like if i'm just like tossing it out there but no like i mean there's i would say like with this movie and with other universal monster movies there's no reason to do that like if you can make great standalone pieces like this without any like yeah. like this was I don't know how much and i think that's what they're saying right not a monster verse but like oh we'll get the modern 2020 and that's fine like if that's what we get to do that's cool like i'm fine with those as long as they're not if they're all as good as this yeah they have to be the problem is i think i think this movie you know through perfect alchemy right is exactly 
crafted to scare the right. fuck out of us in this that, moment. I right? think this is like this is the key element of this movie and what they need to do going forward for if they wanted to, if they we're gonna do more Universal Monster movies, this is what it has to be. Because this is the mistake of like the mummy, so to speak, is it can't be this big fucking blockbuster, gangbuster, yeah. special effects fest. Yeah. Because that's not what these movies were originally. It has to be these right. middle grade horror movies. That's where they have to live because that's where that originally came from. Like all the people who watched, I mean, I, I think about that. Like think about all the people who watched, like, like when we watched Frankenstein and Dracula, like the original ones, they weren't putting them out. It's like, oh, these are tent poles for the summer. They're putting them out yeah. like, well, this is a movie we made. We're going to put it out. Here's a story. It has a, a specific kind of, you know, fable that's how to it, it has to be, because if it's not, it's we're just putting way too much pressure on a story that already was successful in its own right. So what you need yeah. to do is not make it successful for everyone. Make it successful for the audience it's intended. It's intended for. Well, take take those lessons, right? Like this is a great example of someone who really sat down and thought, where is the fear of Invisible Man coming from right. and found the way to weaponize it for today, right. right? What is actually really, really scary about the Wolfman or Frankenstein that we haven't all the way looked at through the kind of prism of the world we live in right. today, right? We've done that story a lot. How do we find that new thing? You know, I pray to God, if we got all those movies in a version this good, it would be the best thing that be happened awesome. to me. The be the based the based. I would love it. I would fucking love it. Uh I just don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know if that's that's there to be had. I mean, I think second. ultimately you just have to hope that nobody gets a really stupid hair up their ass about it. Well, I mean, and like you said too, the difference between this movie and the mummy, right? I I personally believe horror works better close to your body, right? So I think that's why World War Z is not like a not scary cartoon and Night of the Living Dead is truly terrifying. Right. Well, and I mean, like, right. You have to bring it down to that level where it's a person we right. truly are worried about being in danger. Well, I think that well, World War Z, is, again, the movie is so different from like because the book to me is very scary because. Well, that book is like little journal entries right. and like personal that, writing. So it's a exactly. bunch of small, scary It's all stories. close to the chest stories. Like that's what's great about the book. Where, the movie obviously yeah. does the thing that blockbusters do. Which well, is, it's it's like the mummy. It's like I know that Tom Cruise isn't in danger because who's going to run through the streets as a storm hits? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like you didn't hire him with that beautiful running hair and bod, you know, to get fucking taken out. Like I get it. <laughs> I, so I don't know. I – I would love it. And honestly, I wanted that version of the MonsterVerse. Sure. Too. I did too. I was really excited for the Russell Crowe, Dr. I Jekyll, it Mr. Hyde. would have been Hyde. awesome, like, man. I was ready I was for psyched. that shit. Hardcore. I mean, I'll yeah. be honest. Like, I still wish that they would have – somebody would have read one of my tweets and done Key and Peel meet Frankenstein. But that's <laughs> that's another lifetime, you know? Hey, man. All I can say is that anytime I am lucky enough to go experience a horror movie this good in the theaters, I am ecstatic. Absolutely. And again, despite the three old sacks of shit behind me trying their best to ruin it by talking the whole time, I was so engrossed that even I didn't care or yell at Perfect. them. Perfect. I didn't shush them. I didn't say anything. I was like, I'm too busy with what's up here. You know, fuck those old biddies. I'm fine. And that's how powerful this movie is. I didn't yell at someone in a theater. Powerful. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? Guys, I hope you loved Invisible Man as much as we did. I hope you saw it in the theater. And if you weren't lucky enough to do that, I know you'll still love it at home, man. Uh, it's video on demand. You can rent it right now. I know $20 seems like an awful lot for Is a 48-hour rental. We'll talk about this uh, on our YouTube short. Uh, I think that's the wrong price point for a rental. Right? Especially if it came out... If you're asking me to pay that much the same day it comes out in theaters, fine. But for so many people having already been to the theater to see it, I think that's a weird price point. But that's neither here nor there. I hope this movie gets all the fucking monies. And I hope we get a lot more movies like this. I hope we get uh, a fuckload more Lee Whannell movies, which it sounds like we will. Another fucking monster hit for Blumhouse. Another great day for modern horror, which we have many now. 
Uh, so that's it, guys. Find us on your social medias. We're everywhere you're at. We want to hear from you movies you'd like us to cover, especially in the next month or however long this, uh, you know, kind of staying at home is going to last. Find us on YouTube. That's Nerd Alchemist, plural with an S at the end. And, uh, you know, as always, if you like the show and you're listening to us on a podcast app, give us a rating and review. Uh, that helps us out a ton, especially on Apple Podcast app. Uh, so, yeah, guys, I hope you're enjoying tons of great movies like Invisible Man. We love talking to you, and hopefully we'll be bringing you a lot more movies and pods soon. Uh, for the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh. I'm Alex Tantino.